0: Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you and your life. Ephesians chapter 5 is where we're going to look today and uh, it's where we've been for camped out for a little while about learning about uh being filled with the spirit and and this is an important aspect of of what it means to be a christian is to is to learning to walk in the spirit learning to walk um and filled with the spirit of god uh the spirit of the the holy spirit and Turn with me and look at Ephesians five eighteen and 19 today. Do not be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. So we want to look at these two verses today uh, as God leads us let's pray dear gracious father Lord we just thank you so much that you've blessed us with the opportunity to join together once again Lord we praise you for uh, the fact that we've been drawn together uh, by your holy Spirit and Lord we pray that you would lead us and guide us and Lord help us to be faithful to you and and understanding Your Word, and help us to understand uh, the significance of what You have for us today. Lord, may Your Spirit speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now, we've been talking about uh, these uh, passages of Scripture for a couple of, uh, of weeks. We've been looking at it in terms of, of the, the Christian walk, walking wisely, walking according to how God desires for us to live and walk, uh, we talked about how we need to love uh, walk in love, walk in unity uh walk in wisdom and and this is a part of of all of that and and we've gotten down to this these two verses here and and we spent some time uh dealing with the fact that of uh, the contrast and the contrast began with uh, the command of of not uh, being uh, drunk with wine, and we talked about how Uh, The pagans would come together and they would use uh, drunkenness and all kinds of riotous uh, uh, activities, eroticism and all that kind of thing in their worship. And uh, 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 Paul here is telling them that they need to not be uh, persuaded or swayed by the things of the flesh, but to allow the Spirit of God to move and direct them. And, and so there was that, uh, that contrast between uh, living in the flesh of, of drunkenness and excess and, and hopelessness that's found in, in being consumed by, drunk, uh, by drinking wine and, and uh, hard drink and, and that kind of thing, and the contrast between that and being filled with the Spirit. And uh, that was why it was so important to talk about the command of do not be drunk with wine so we could contrast it with the command of uh, being filled with the Spirit. And so there's that contrast between the two. Then there was the command also found in verse 18 towards the end. It says, uh, be filled with the Spirit. Uh, The command of, uh, uh, as Christians, we are to allow the Spirit of God uh, into our life to allow the Spirit of God to move and direct us. And, and we talked about last time uh, when we began to look at this that really living in the Spirit is like uh, uh, constantly being in the face of Jesus Christ and allowing Jesus Christ uh, to be our inspiration of how we should live. Uh, and really if you think about it um, if you know w- when you're some of you are school teachers and uh, the rest of us know what it's like to be in school and and uh, uh, little kids do all kinds of crazy things. And a lot of times when kids don't think the teacher's watching and don't think nobody's looking, they'll do things they know they're not supposed to do. And one of the penalties and the punishments for uh, doing things uh, the way they're not supposed to instead of doing how they're supposed to is sometimes the teacher will take a, a small child and they'll say okay you stand right here beside me you stand right here and i want you to be right here beside me everywhere i go you're going to go right beside me and the idea is is that the child will learn and understand that they need how they need to act and, and behave by the influence of the teacher right beside them but now Imagine if the principal of the school came and uh, said to a child, all day long I'm going to be right beside of you and I'm going to make sure that you do the right thing. And that that would scare the bejesus out of a child and that would help that child to understand that they had done something wrong and how they... and Now, a principal wouldn't have the time to do that, but let's just say that. Now let's take it and dial it up another notch. Let's say the superintendent of the schools came to a child and said, I understand your teachers told me that you have been acting up, that you've been misbehaving, and guess what? I'm going to stick with you all day long, and you're going to go throughout your whole day when you're sitting doing your assignments and listening to instruction. I'm going to be sitting right beside you. Well, that would make the child almost catatonic, I would imagine it with fear of what uh, trouble they would get into by being beside, uh, having the superintendent of schools right beside of them. That's what living in the spirit is: is, is imagining and feeling as though you have Jesus Christ walking with you day in, day out, everything that you do as if you are doing it in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, that should, one, uh, uh, humble us in understanding how sinful we are and how much sin that we have allowed into our life and how grateful that we are that God has forgiven us and cleansed us of our sin and we're no longer uh, walking in that sinful behavior. It would also encourage us to live according to the way in which God would desire for us to live and it also would be enrapturing because we uh, we would be in the presence of the one who loved us so much that he gave his life for us. So not only would it keep us from doing wrong, but we would be enraptured in our our worship and we would also uh, walk in the way that we're supposed to. And that is what walking in the Spirit is. It is a continual feeling of the Spirit of God, a continual uh, uh, reminder of the presence of God's Holy Spirit in our life. And that's really how we as Christians should live each and every day. Uh, And we ought to remind ourselves that the Holy... uh, that God... The, uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, person of the Trinity, is within us and walking with us and, and going throughout our life each and every day. Well, that's the command. We're to live filled with the Spirit. And we talked about how this is not just a one-shot deal uh, where we get uh, one jolt of the Holy Spirit and that's it and there's no more, uh, but that it is a continual thing and how walking is uh, very synonymous with this thought of when you, uh, for instance, if I was going to walk uh, to exercise and uh, sometimes I would, uh, before I started working out at uh, where I work now, I would go out and I'd walk for about five miles, just I'd just get out and I'd start walking through the community or walking through the neighborhood in a way of trying to get exercise. Now, if I just took one step, how far would I get? One step. I wouldn't get anywhere closer to being uh, to my goal of five miles uh, uh, by just taking one step. It's a you have to in order to do that, you have to put one foot in front of the other and keep on going. You have to keep, uh, and a lot of times you have to just forget about the fact that you're putting your foot in front of the other. You just have to just get going and go, right? And, and that's how you get, achieve a goal like that that seems to be further than you ever expect to do, but you, you, you can't ever get to your goal by never taking the first step. And you can never get to your goal by taking one step and stopping. And that's how living in the Spirit is. Also, it is synonymous with the fact that uh, we are filled with the Spirit and we are continually filled with the Spirit. It, it's, it's, it's as if you're, uh, you've got a cup that is underneath the spigot. And you say, okay, I'm going to fill this cup. But before you start, you draw, drill a little hole in the bottom so that when you're pouring in water into the top, it's continually letting water go out the bottom. It continues to flow and flow and flow and flow. And that's what really uh, we're called to do is to uh, understand that the Spirit is... Continually filling us, it, the Spirit of God is continually uh, in our life, continually filling us and helping us to to walk in a manner that is according to God's desire. Now we come to the third aspect, and that is the consequences. Now, usually when you think of consequences, you think you go back to thinking about that child that's done something wrong, and you okay, here's the consequences. Usually, it's at the end of a paddle, right? Uh, well, we're talking about today about something good. Good, the consequences of of walking in the Spirit. And that's something good. So uh, here are the consequences of walking in the Spirit. First of all, uh, there's three aspects of it. The first of all is singing. The second is saying thanks. And the third is... Uh, Uh, Submitting. So singing, saying thanks and submitting. Those are the three aspects of being filled with the Spirit. And today we're going to talk about singing. Uh, this is something that we do every time we come together as a church, as we sing. It's not to feel time. It is uh, basically singing is an overflow of our emotions. It is an overflow of, of that feeling of having the presence of God in our life. It is an expression of the emotion of our soul. And so when we come together and we worship, we worship by singing and we uh, celebrate what God has done in our life by singing and sharing. Sharing uh, the the overflow of what is in our heart. When our life is changed by a relationship with Christ, we ought to be singing. We ought, our hearts are filled with His love, and uh, song pours out. Uh, we need to uh, to understand that singing is an is an an outpouring of the filling of the Holy Spirit now some of us uh, might say well brother I, I, I don't have a voice like others I, I can't really sing it doesn't say you got to sing good it doesn't say you got to sing uh, uh, like a, a recording artist it doesn't say that you got to sing even good enough for other people to want to hear you sing it just says you, that you sing you, you pour out your heart uh, when listen Think about uh, think about other aspects of your life. Think about the fact that uh, when you fall in love what happens? You, ha- you have an overwhelming desire to sing because you have so much love for that uh, significant other in your life. You're, you're so uh, thrilled with the, the possibilities and the joys of that love, uh, that newfound love in your life and hopefully you carry that throughout your life and uh, you, you just, uh, just pour out your heart in song sometimes. Some of us even get so bold enough to, to write out a song that we make up ourselves because it, it just, we can't uh, uh, keep it within us. And other times uh, uh, we sing songs that we hear other people uh, sing. Uh, that just kind of sums up how we feel. Kind of like going out and getting a, a card at the at the, uh, at the card shop. Uh, you didn't write those words, but boy, it sure does express how you feel. And so uh, you sing that song. Sometimes you sing it to yourself because you're so full of love for that other person. Other times you sing it to that other person to express your love. But song is a way in which you express how you feel. This is how we are in the, uh, with the Spirit of God. We have the Spirit of God come within us. He overwhelms us with His love. He overwhelms us with uh, uh, the love that we share towards God because of what He has done for us. And so we can't help but sing. And it is a biblical aspect. It is something that we all are called to do. Look with me, if you will, uh, for a moment in uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. It's just a couple of uh, uh, chapters, a couple of of uh, books over Colossians 3 verse 16 says uh, to us it says uh, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord he says fill your hearts with the, uh, the Word of God, with the law of God, with God's uh, outpouring of His presence in your life through His Word. And may that Word fill your life so much you can't help but sing. It's not it's not that we uh, this is a divine order of service that we have to follow and we do it because God's telling us to. No, He's saying it ought to be an outpouring of His love. That has entered into your heart because you uh, have spent time in His Word. You have spent time listening to His love towards you. And you and listen, I understand there are times where you just can't sing. You can't. You can't feel as though you can uh, can sing. When my when my daddy passed away uh, back in 2008, it was during a time. It was right at Thanksgiving. It was on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, Boy, that was hard. Everybody was getting together in the hospital, all the nurses and the technicians and, and all the people that were helping, and they were getting all their good food together, and they were just all excited and giggly about the fact that they were going to have a good meal. And yes, they had a long day of work, but they, they were coming together to celebrate with their work family because they couldn't be with their uh, their family at home. And they were just all giggling and everything. And here we were. We were mourning uh, the fact that my father was uh, had gone cold blue in the hospital and we just didn't know what was going to happen. And after my father passed away, there were weeks when I just could not sing. I uh, I would... Uh, I continued going through the motions. I went through the motions of going to church, going through the motions of being present uh, in those times. But it was hard to sing. It was hard to, uh, to do that because singing is an expression of joy. Singing is an expression of God's love. But soon God was able to, to soothe my heart, was able to help me to overcome it, and was able to help me to begin to sing once again. And it's all because of, of God's love filling my life and enabling me and helping me through that time, boy, I tell you when you really have a love for God, when you really have uh, the joy of God within your heart, you can 't help but sing. I can remember times when i 've gone on mission trips to Central America and romania and and we 'd be in those meetings and they would be uh, we 'd be in in Central America we were in tents, and we were uh, these tents held uh, four or five hundred people at a time. And those people were packed in there in that tent together. And we would start, to, uh, the musicians would start playing. They wouldn't call out a number like we do. They wouldn't call a, even call out a song. they just start playing. And everybody knew what the song was. And everybody uh, would stand up. Because there's hardly room to, to move about and sit. They couldn't hardly, uh, they were packed in there so much. And they would all stand and they would just start singing. And every one of them knew the song and knew the words, didn't have PowerPoint on the wall, didn't have hymn books, didn't have song sheets. They just sang because it was, and it was an outpouring of the, the love of God. It was so beautiful to hear. I couldn't understand the words. Didn't know the song, but occasionally they would sing some of our songs in their language. But uh, let me tell you something, they would, it was just so sweet and so wonderful because they all had such love for God and had such a, an outpouring of love for God. And now let me tell you, uh, if you ever want to hear some just a wonderful time of, of music, uh, get a group of pastors. One of the things I love, used to love doing is going to uh, annual meetings, going to pastors' conferences, going to uh, times where all of us pastors could get together and encourage one another. One of the things I used to love to hear was when all the... Uh, uh, one thing was in here in Georgia... Uh, There's a a group of the Association of of Ministers of Music and they all get together and they form a choir of of several hundred that they come together and they sing. Boy, they are something good. They are just wonderful. But when you get all the pastors together and we're all just singing hymns uh, before we worship and and studying of God's Word, boy, it is just an outpouring of love from all of these men that love God and commit their life to God and it is such a wonderful wonderful thing to hear music is a way of expressing God's love of expressing the power of what God has done in your life Uh, turn with me over in James chapter 5 verse 13 James chapter 5 verse 13 says if is any man any among you afflicted is any among you afflicted with uh, whatever it might be it could be anything let him pray is any uh is any merry, let him sing songs. And so what we're encouraged to do is to sing. Uh, redemption gives us a new song within our heart. The love of God is is enables us and empowers us to have uh, a song within our heart. And it is uh, something that we need to understand when we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, when we have a, a relationship with Him. It is, uh, the Bible tells us that He gives us a new song. And no less than nine times in Scripture uh, does it talk about a new song. I want you to turn with me to the book of Psalms. And normally we don't hop around so much in Scripture, uh, but uh, this is something that's really important for you to understand. Psalms chapter 33. uh, We're going to go in order and we're going to, uh, look at this uh, just briefly to help you to understand uh, how important music is in Scripture. Psalms 33 verse 1 says, Rejoice in the Lord all you righteous for praise is comely for the upright. We're encouraged to sing to rejoice. Praise uh, is all about music. It's all about uh, a song within your heart. It's about how God gives us a new song. Turn over to Psalms chapter 40 verses 2 and 3. Psalms 40, he, he says, He brought me up out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. So we're we're given a new song. We're given a new song because of, of His redemption in our life. Psalms chapter 96 verse 1. Psalms 96 verse 1 says Oh sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord. Bless His name. Show forth His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the heathen his wonders among all the people for the Lord is great and greatly to be praised he is to be feared above all gods and so we're called to sing and to declare unto the world about what God has done uh, look that down in Psalm 98 just a couple of psalms later oh sing unto the Lord a new song verse 1 for he hath done marvelous things his right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory the Lord has made known his salvation his righteous Hath he openly showed in the sight of the heathen. And so we're to sing because of his righteousness, of his uh, wonderful giving to us. Now turn uh, towards the end of Psalm, Psalm 144. Psalm 144, verse 9. Says, I will sing a new song unto thee, O God, upon a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings will I sing praises unto thee. He's given us salvation. Uh, he, is the, he is He that has given salvation unto kings uh, uh, who delivered David, his servant, from the harmful sword. He says we're, we're to sing because God has delivered us. God has given us uh, a deliverance from uh, those who would come after us. And then turn to Psalm 149 verse 1. Praise ye the Lord, sing unto the Lord a new song and His praise in the congregation of saints." Let us uh, let Israel rejoice in Him that made Him, and let the children of Zion be joyful in their King. And so we're to sing a new song. And this goes all through the Bible, all the way to the book of Revelation, chapter 5, verse 9, in which we see at that point in which uh, we're... Uh, seeing a description of the throne of God and what we see are four creatures uh, sitting around the throne of God and, and 144,000 uh, witnesses all around the throne of God and then, the, then just a heavenly host of angels and they're all singing praises to God. They've all fallen on their faces before God and singing praises to Him because why? He is holy. He is worthy of our love. He is worthy of our admiration and our rejoicing because of all that He has done for us. And because, merely because he is holy. And so we are to sing, we're to sing praises to him, we're to sing and rejoice. Singing is such an integral part of worship. In Exodus chapter 15, when uh, God is is establishing his dictate for what the temple is to look like, when uh, they were setting up, uh, uh, going through the wilderness to go out and to worship God and to spend that time, and as God was preparing the children of Israel, when they they crossed over the Red Sea and they they looked back and they saw Pharaoh's army being destroyed there in Exodus 15. They all joined together in song. Why? Because God had delivered them from an impossible situation. They they were trapped. Uh, They had the sea in front of them and they had the army of Pharaoh behind them. They all felt as though they were dead, but God opened up the sea so that they would walk on dry land. They walked across and then not only that did, did God deliver them, but then God destroyed their enemy pharaoh's army without them having to lift a finger without them having to do go into battle at all god delivered them by drowning the the soldiers uh, who the charioteers all those who went into follow after israel in judges chapter 5 when god has uh, risen up two judges deborah and Barak, uh to go and to bring deliverance to the children of Israel after God gave them victory, uh, they broke out in song. Uh, Did you know that? Two judges in the Bible uh, got together and they started singing. This is the first duet recorded in Scripture where they sang together uh, of the marvelous grace of God and His deliverance and His giving them uh, a victory at that time. In the Old Testament as the temple was being established uh, uh, they had Thirty-eight thousand Israelites that were their sole responsibility was not to go into battle, but their th- responsibility was to take care of the temple, to take care of of the things that were associated with be of with worship of God. And out of those thirty-eight thousand people that were assigned to do the things of offering sacrifices and and all the different things that they did. 4,000 of them were assigned specifically just to be musicians, just to sing and to offer up praise to God and to lead Israel in the worship of God. In Exodus chapter 50, going back there, uh, Exodus 15, 20 through 21, the first women's chorus in the Bible is mentioned there where all the women get together and they're praising God. God for what He has uh, done to deliver them from the hands of Pharaoh, and Miriam is the conductor uh, and that is uh... Of course, Moses' uh, wife, Miriam. Uh, she's the one that's leading them in music. Uh, the first men's chorus is found in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 5, where uh, all the prophets of God get together and they have joined together in song and, and are singing praises to God for what He is doing. David, of course, was a, a musician. He played the harp while he was out tending his father's sheep. Then when uh, Saul... Uh, was king of Israel, and Saul was troubled by a, a, a dark spirit in his life. He called out for someone to come and to do something to uh, to be able to soothe his soul, and David was brought in. They said, hey, remember that guy that, that uh, slew uh, Goliath? He, he's a musician. He plays, and they brought him in, and He played for Saul to try and soothe him. Uh, David uh, sang uh, many songs and of course he uh, wrote uh, many of the psalms that are in the Bible. Uh, Those were all songs. David started the first choir. Uh, 1 Chronicles 23 verse 5. Solomon, uh, in uh, uh, leading the people of Israel in the worship of God, had a choir of 4,000 trained voices. Uh, Ezra, when uh, uh, the uh, Babylonian king allowed them to go back and to rebuild the temple, Ezra rec- uh, two records where uh, they came together and they had a, a choir of two hundred voices that uh, sang in the in the temple to lead the the people of of Israel in worship. Nehemiah chapter twelve uh, it records of an antiphonal. Uh, choir which which includes two groups of the choir sitting opposite of each other and the one side of, the, side of the choir sings part of the song and the other side of the choir uh, sings a response to that song uh, uh, and they go back and forth back and forth and this is a favorite in scripture where uh, that it's done many times over and over again and they sing towards each other. Then in Scripture, we see where there's instruments in the Bible. It talks about, in one of the verses that we read about, the stringed instruments. We have uh, horns, the ram's horn that was used as an instrument. We have trumpets that are used uh, throughout Scripture. Even, it, there's even tambourines and, and drums. While they weren't called a drum, they were called uh, a... Um, Mem- Membrophone, which is basically a membrane that was stretched over uh, a, a place and they uh, uh, beat on it and that's just like what a drum is and so uh, in fact that's exactly what a drum is so drums were in the Bible uh, you had uh, uh, dulcimers in the Bible uh, 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 where uh, those uh, strings were, were plucked as well as, as pounded upon uh, with little hammers. And so there's all sorts of different instruments. And you have hearts uh, that, like David uh, played and lyres and, and other things like that. All throughout Scripture, there's all sorts of musical instruments, and they were all designed and, and, and uh, uh, made so that God could be worshipped. So how are we to sing? We're to sing uh, uh, from the heart. It says, uh, of course, here it says in Ephesians 5, getting back to the scripture there, it says, uh, uh, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart. We're to sing... Uh, from the heart we're to sing uh, as an expression of god's love in our life and we're to sing from the heart if we sing any other way it's a hollow sound it's a hollow singing we're not to sing that way but we are to to sing amongst ourselves and and the last point is is that we're to sing to the lord we're not singing for ourselves when we gather together here and we sing Uh, the hymns before we uh, go further into our worship we're not singing so each uh, we can impress each other with our musical ability the musicians like nick and others that play and sing they're not doing those things to to impress you really they are doing those things as a worship to god to to sing praises to the lord and that's what singing is all about is an expression of god's spirit within us and it is as an outpouring of our love towards god and and that really is, is how the Spirit of God, it's the key to, uh, you know, we've talked about, so much about uh, this being like a high-performance vehicle, and we talked about all the different things that build up the whole engine, and and the fuel being the spirit. The singing and expression of God, uh, expressing God's spirit in our life, is a key. The keys to to how we live and how we go about the things that we do. If we do, if we stay in the Word, if we allow God's uh, Word to be ever present in our life, if we allow God to speak to our heart through His Word and through the Spirit... Uh, then we will pour out our love for God and to pour out our expression to Him in song and so uh, as we look at how God's Spirit affects us we have to look back once again uh, just a moment for the fact that how different our life is compared to uh, the raucous living of living in the Spirit if we want to stay away from the things of of the flesh we need to stay in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit if we if we, if we want to stay away from the riotous uh, and the, uh, the debauchery of, of being drunk and, and the pagan worship of the flesh, then we need to walk in the Spirit. And part of that is is singing in the Spirit of, of expressing God's love. And so next time we'll uh, look at uh, giving thanks to God and that's just as important as, as singing. And then... Uh, not only saying thanks, but also submission in how we live out our life. And all of these are essential to living in the Spirit of God, living and allowing God's Spirit to work and move in us. And when we allow God's Spirit to move in us, then not only are we singing to God and expressing our love to God, but we uh, share it with each other and we uh, build each other up and we also uh, use it as a testimony for others. And that's what living for Jesus is all about, living a life of serving God. God and how we can be a testimony to others. And so this is all of how we live out that life as a Christian of how God uh, designed for us to live and how we can walk in the way that God called us to live. And so it's my hope and prayer that God will lead you in that way. But there's things that we need to To talk about, first of all, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God's not living in you, then you need, uh, you don't have a song to sing, you don't have a reason to sing, and singing just sounds kind of pointless. Uh, but if God's Spirit lives within you, if God, if you have a relationship with Him, you'll understand how that outpouring of the Spirit of God, the love of God in you, causes you to sing. If you want to have that in your life, we invite you to come and give your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've been, you, you've been a Christian, but you've been walking away from God, ignoring the Spirit of God, not uh, allowing the Spirit of God to fill your life and causing uh, a distance between you and God. And you need to recommit, uh, reconnect with God and <coughs> recommit your life to Him. We invite you to come. Whatever it is that God has laid upon your heart, we invite you to come as we stand and sing a, a hymn of invitation in a moment. But first, let's pray. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we pray that you lead us in Your way. Lord, that you lead us to understand and know Your desire for our life. Lord, help us as we walk to walk in the Spirit, to allow Your song to fill our hearts, to allow Your love to spill out of our hearts. Lord, lead us to follow You in all that we do.